Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 36. If you want help connecting with journalists and getting featured in the media, check out the PR Pro Community, an online trading academy for entrepreneurs who want to be seen as experts in their field. More details at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash PR Pro. The idea of reaching out to a reporter with a media pitch is scary to some. Yes, I absolutely get it. It's unknown. You have no idea whether your email, letter, or phone call has been ignored, put aside for another day, or just deleted. But for others, the idea of networking, trying to create relationships in a crowd of dozens of strangers, that's scary. That was how Julie Broad felt. Her solution was to figure out how to get featured in the media and on other people's channels, and in the process learned what works and what doesn't when trying to get mentioned in the media. By the way, I have created a guide you can use right away. It's called the Perfect Press Release Template. You can get that in this episode's show notes at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 36. Julie is an author and speaker and has been featured all over Canada, where she lives, for her work. For some of that press, she got some help. Julie has some valuable tips on how to hire a PR team and what to look for in order to get the results you want for your business. Julie, welcome to Stand Out. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. All the way from Canada, we are glad to have you on Standout. Talking about your real estate business, your um, the books that you've written, and how you've connected with the media. So first, talk about how you got into real estate. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So it was way back in 2001, and I was working for Kimberly Clark Canada selling Kotex and Huggies and Kleenex. And uh, I'd been about a year into the job and I thought, you know, and I actually really liked it. It was quite fun. But uh, I just thought, you know, it's going to be a long life of working for somebody else. And so I started to look around at what solutions there were. And I was I was about to go back to school to do my MBA. And I thought, you know, I don't want to take on another business because I'm going to be in school. So I, I kind of, you know, I thought about stocks, but, and I had actually done some stock investing, but I didn't really think it was reliable. It was something I thought I was going to have to be on top of. And if I had exams, you know, I wouldn't do it. So I ended up going into real estate and I took the money that I had saved for my MBA and I bought uh, two rental properties with that money and then got student loans for the MBA instead. Cause it's actually really easy to get student loans. So so that's how I got started because it was one of those kind of uh, businesses that you could buy it, get a property manager in place, and it's minimal time uh, once you've done the hard work of getting the investment. So it seemed to make sense as something uh, to do. And then it turned out I actually really liked it. And my boyfriend at the time, who uh, thankfully became my husband because we partnered up on a couple deals and not always a recommended strategy when you're in a new relationship, but it worked <laughs> out. Um, he liked it too. And so we just kept going from there. That's really a cool story of how you got your start thinking of a way to make some money on the side, right? I mean, so this was exactly. kind of how it got yeah. started. Exactly. Way back then, um, did you think that it would grow into the business that you have now? 
No, not at all. I mean, because I my plan was that I called it Freedom 35, actually. You know, like you've heard the Freedom 65, Freedom yes, 55. Yes. This is my Freedom 35 plan. And it wasn't that I expected to retire. I'm not the kind of person who would ever just sit on my butt and do nothing anyway. So uh, it, it was my plan to be free from having to work for somebody else. So, But I didn't necessarily think real estate was going to be everything. I just knew that at the time it was a component that I could bring in and, and really introduce. And it wasn't until I quit my job in 2008, which by the way, uh, for anybody who remembers 2008 in the real estate, (laughs) terrible timing, but I just kind of reached a point in my job where I thought I I can't do this anymore. I I can't work so hard for somebody else. And and I didn't feel appreciated, you know, on and on. A lot of people probably totally get what I'm saying. And, and I decided I had to leave and I knew I wasn't going to go look for another job. So it wasn't great. It wasn't like I looked at the market and thought, yes, everything's in chaos and turmoil. Let's dive in. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it was just the right time for me. And there's always opportunity in, in a down, in a really tough downturn like that. It made certain things really difficult, but it also created opportunities in other areas. So, uh, but real estate was something that I knew I could leave my job and go into because I was already doing it. So that's really it, it, it evolved. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting thing that for, for folks who are thinking about making that jump, whether they're maybe going into another business or thinking about leaving the career, just like you did, kind of dabble in it. Go do something on the side. Buy a couple of properties with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the right paperwork. Right. Like. That's right. That's right. Have all the legalities taken care of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So I want to hear, as um, you weathered the storm of 2008, like that could be another podcast in itself. But as you weathered that and then started writing books, and then I know you you teach as well, and you teach about sales. So how did you... Um, take all of those pieces and get attention for yourself and your businesses all at the same time. Because really, when I talk with people, when I talk with my clients, it feels like a big puzzle, like a really big puzzle, and you're putting all the pieces together. So I want to hear your process on how you got the attention for yourself while you were doing all those pieces, putting all those pieces together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, I'm a, I'm a high introvert. So really? uh, for me, yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot of people are really surprised, especially when they see me speak on a stage and, but I am, I'm a very high introvert. And for me, I love people. It's not, it, you know, some people who extroverts kind of think, well, but you're so friendly. Like I love people. <laughs> it's just that I get, I, 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 it takes a lot of energy for me to be very social. And it also, uh, in amongst strangers, it's really hard work for me to, to step into those conversations. So that's all it is. And so for me, um, raising money for our real estate deals and attracting clients, uh, you have to network and you have to do all the things that are extremely uncomfortable and energy draining for an entrepreneur and or for an introvert. And but yet you have to do to succeed as an entrepreneur. So one of the things that I really focused on early was doing things that put me in front of other people's audiences. So people would come to me. Um, because that put me in a comfortable position. It, it, instead of me trying to pursue and stand out in a crowd, um, it was so much easier to have people coming to me. So I started by writing articles for other people's blogs, their newsletters, whatever, wherever I could find a spot to put myself in front of somebody else's audience. That's what I did. And that's kind of how I started. And it really comes down to being clear on on who you can help 
and how you can help them. And then doing research. I mean, that's the one piece that I think a lot of people skip is they don't research that they're, they're pitching themselves to, uh, you know, a blog or a, a TV station and they've never watched it. They've never read. And so they don't actually know the angles that will work and they don't actually understand what, what they want um, for their audience. And then they just pitch themselves. So it, it was really getting clear on my brand and how I can help and who I can help and then angling it in wherever I can see a fit. I was just talking about uh, talking to a client about this yesterday. They wanted to be featured on TV and they're like, but I don't know anybody on that station. I've never seen it. I'm like, well, let's do that first. That should exactly. be like homework number one, <laughs> homework piece yeah. number one. But That's I love what you're saying is that you um, want to connect, but it helps if you connect maybe on a stage or as a podcast guest or as the writer of an article and then reaching out that way. Once mm-hmm. you reached, once you made that outreach to a popular blog or a podcaster or a TV station, radio station, whatever it was, and you did your homework, what were the pieces that you talked about to get them to open up the email or pay attention? So to get, to get clients to yeah. contact me? Okay. Well, to get, to get featured. Yeah. To get, to get featured, people, get, to get your get name to, out there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It really depended because every channel is different. Mm. Um, one of the biggest partnerships that I ended up forming was with a national magazine here in Canada, specific to the real estate space. And that one took a lot of work. I read, I literally went back and got every single issue that they've ever published um, because they were a newer magazine. So I wasn't going back to the 1990s. I was just going back to 2007, I believe was when they came (laughs) out. But I mean, I read 20, probably 25 different issues and then thought, okay, what haven't they covered, but it's still within their topics, right? Because some people are like, well, they haven't covered this. Well, that's because they never want to. Um, So you don't want to go too far away from the topics they're covering, but kind of what's an angle on something they already talk about. And so that I have a unique spin on, Mm -hmm. because that's really important. You have to have a unique perspective uh, so that they're giving something new to their audience, even by talking about the same thing. So I, I literally read every single issue and then I pitched them. I sent them just an email. It wasn't anything. I, I don't think there was anything specific about the subject line, except for I would actually, I covered the angle that I was going to be pitching, which I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, but I followed up twice and I got a, I got a reply and they ended up saying, well, you know what, we're not interested in this article right now, but we do need somebody uh, to be interviewed for this, this other article. So I did that and I, I, tried to do everything possible to make that reporter's job really, really easy. Right. So I, I tried to do, I tried to basically, it was an email interview. Mm-hmm. So I had everything proofread. I had it perfect. I had it to the point where they could just copy and paste it and they loved it. And then they said, okay, well, you know what? I need, I need somebody for this next article. And then they offered me that. And I just kept following up after that to build that relationship saying, Hey, you know, this is a new idea I've gotten. And, and sometimes they liked it. And sometimes they said, no, but you know, here's another angle. And that worked beautifully. And it also led, they ended up doing national events. And so uh, because I had become a regular contributor, they said, you know what, we would love you to be one of the speakers at this national event that we're putting on. And then I spoke and it went well, (laughs) which was one of those, another one of those scary moments. I actually kind of blacked out and don't remember what I talked about. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that was bad. (laughs) I only came to and as a quick side note, I was speaking and I kind of like, I, the only thing I really remember other than getting introduced and coming on stage was this part that was supposed to be funny. And I looked out on the audience and my husband and, and this other colleague of mine were sitting in the front row. They were laughing 
but nobody else oh, was no. <laughs> So, And that's what I remember of my talk. <laughs> that's it. And then I get off the stage and everybody's like, oh, it's really good. Way to go. And I'm thinking they're just being nice. <laughs> you know, I bombed. <laughs> but it turns out I was the second highest rated, second highest rated speaker great. at that event. And they asked me to speak at all of their events, which then led to more exposure. So you right. never know. It's kind of a long story, but it's saying that it's like little things that lead to really big things, but you never know which little thing is going to lead to that big thing. I think that's a great piece of advice and to kind of try it all because you don't know who's in that audience. You don't know who's reading that blog post or happened to listen to that podcast interview that you were the guest in. I know you had mentioned before we uh, came on to this interview that you've used some paid help, some paid public relations help. What has, like, what made you decide to choose whoever you decided to work with? Did it work well? And what is, what are some of the best practices when you're working with someone to help get you featured? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the big thing was when I launched my first book, uh, I really wanted to get some TV interviews. And to that point, I'd been very successful at getting uh, print mm-hmm. media to cover me, uh, but I had not had any TV interviews. And so I I contacted uh, somebody who was specialized. And that was the first thing was I asked around because uh, mine was specific. I thought I want to promote my book and I want to get on TV to promote my book and spread the message that was in my book. <clears throat> And so I contacted some other authors and said, who did you use or did you use anybody for PR? And that was my first step was to find out because I wanted somebody who had specialized in getting authors on TV. And funny enough, I'm in a small city in Canada called Nanaimo. And the person who my friends in Toronto and Calgary referred me to, she actually lives in Nanaimo. No way. (laughs) Small world. But yeah, so she's, she's a, she specializes in working with business authors and okay. getting them on TV and other media too. But uh, TV was one of those things. And she also helps them line up uh, book signings and book events. So cool. she was a perfect fit. Um, we had an interview and, and it went well. And so, yeah, I hired her and she got me on television uh, all across Canada and li- helped me line up book events to go along with it. I mean, as entrepreneurs, you're so busy. You can't be that person who does everything. And TV... Uh, requires relationships. I mean, they're going to trust, they trust people who have been sending them good people for a long time. And, and she has a, she puts you through media training. So you're not going to show up and bomb because they don't want you to be a terrible guest when you get on their TV show. So they know that she's training you to be a good guest and to, to be ready for these TV interviews. So that was, I think the real approach there was that I found people who already had had success working with somebody very specific too. I wasn't just saying, I I need somebody for PR. Mm -hmm. I was saying, I need somebody for PR for my business book. I want to get on TV. Right. And very specifically, and was able to get positive results. And now you've been featured all over Canada and you have those links and those segments on your website. Any negative experiences with other places that maybe didn't get you the results that you wanted? I hear that a lot from people who say, you know, I tried it and I, it didn't, it didn't do anything. It didn't work. Um, no, actually. I mean, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, I, there's been, there's been things that didn't work as well as you hoped. Um, I've hired, I shouldn't say hired, but I've paid for those like mass distribution of a press release. Yeah. Those don't do anything, but give you some blinks back and spam. <laughs> really? Right. You get a heartache you know, and heartburn. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So those don't really work, but whenever I've gone out and found somebody, um, like my husband won some, uh, an investing award and we won an award for our website as well. 
And uh, we hired somebody locally to uh, to write a press release and get some press coverage on that. And again, I asked around, found who the businesses around us were using for local coverage and got her. And sure enough, we got in like pretty much every local paper, magazine and on the local TV station that we wanted to be on. So um, but I, I think it's, again, uh, going for that very specific approach. We wanted local coverage in that case. And so we found the best person for that versus the the uh, the press release service it just sends it out everywhere and I don't even know if anybody ever looks at them on the other side so no they don't I, I think <laughs> exactly so I think that's the 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 approach is yeah it's only two hundred fifty dollars versus maybe you're paying five hundred or two thousand or even more to somebody else right. but uh, it's results and I, I've always found that when I invest in the right person I I do tend to get the results. I want to talk now about results, as you were saying. So you mm-hmm. were featured all across Canada. You were in some local markets as well. Print, radio, podcasting, all of these outlets. Can you track that to your business, the ROI on your business or book sales or customers or clients? Is that is that something that you're able to do or you feel more it is like a, a credibility kind of thing that gives you a little bit more authority um, and uh, raises your expertise in your field? Yeah, um, it's funny because I think media, especially TV media, looks really cool, um, but I'm not convinced that there's results. It's not that easy, though. <laughs> it's not that easy to prove. I mean, it looks yeah. cool, and there is a credibility factor, absolutely, right. and that is tough to measure, right? It's really tough to measure um, when somebody's looking at you and seeing that you were on TV. That does give you a level of expertise that is higher than somebody who wasn't on TV. So that part's really impossible to measure. But um, from my perspective, I was measuring book sales in particular at the time. And I can say with certainty that TV did not change my book sales at all. Um, (laughs) Print media did. uh, Print media did. And interestingly, radio got people out to my events. So interesting. Whenever I had a book event at a bookstore or anything like that, I would always ask people, how'd you hear about me? And the the people who came out, they either were on my newsletter list already, so they were already actively subscribing, connected with me, um, or they heard me on the radio. That was the only two sources for people coming out to the events. Uh, But book sales on the day of a big media, even a big, like a huge TV station, no change in book sales at all versus uh, I did have one piece that got syndicated all across the country and that there was a huge lift in mm-hmm. book sales um, on the day that that was syndicated. And that was, you said newspaper. So online. It was newspaper. Yeah, yeah. It was online as well as in print mm-hmm. papers and, and yeah, so that went, it was a big piece that was in the Vancouver newspaper, mm-hmm. um, but it got syndicated all across Canada and there was a nice big lift in book sales that day. I tell you, I mean, they say newspapers are dead, but I think that there's a benefit. The ones who are reading the papers, at least, are the ones yep. taking action in purchasing books or getting out to certain events and learning more about books. <laughs> so, Yeah, and I think that because a lot of people are reading those articles online, they're there. So it's so easy to go to Amazon or to your you know, Barnes & Noble or Chapters as the Canadian bookstore and just find the book and buy it. <laughs> Let's talk about other ways that you um, that you use that you employ to to let people know who you are and to grow your business at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So maybe media doesn't necessarily do it, especially TV, but um, but what does? What helps you um, get more of a, sh- a stake in in your industry? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it comes back to getting clear on your brand first, mm-hmm. which is which is why I wrote the second book that I wrote. Right. Um, because as much as my background is in real estate, our success in real estate came back to our brand. 
So my second book, The New Brand You, really talks about developing your brand uh, because it doesn't matter what channel you're on. If you're not clear on, on, again, I said it already, but who you help and how you help them, then you're not going to have a message that's going to resonate with anybody. So you really want to get clear on that. And then it's a matter of matching channels. I mean, if you absolutely, because um, TV in particular is is a little terrifying, especially if it's live, you know, there's, there's six different cameras coming at you and there, you know, there's so much going on. And, <laughs> and it's funny because the person interviewing you, they're not even always, they'll ask you a question and then they know the camera's on you. So then they're doing other stuff and you're supposed to be answering the question and paying attention to them. But they're like over here with their producer. <laughs> not always, but if there's something going on on the show, I mean, that happens. So that's not for everybody. Right. Like that kind of chaos is really tough. Um, or, you know, you get in those little tiny rooms where you're, you're being, uh, streamed. Uh, so they just, all you have is a cameraman and, and a monitor, and you're supposed to act all engaged with this, these people. With a box. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's not for everybody. Um, you just got to find what's a match for you and, and work it. So, I mean, there's lots of ways you could do videos at home. If you don't like that live intense, you know, chaos of, of being in the moment, uh, you can always go to do videos at home. Or if you really hate the thought of being on camera podcasts, um, or writing articles for other people speaking, these are all things that I've done. I think in terms of benefits, uh, if you're, if you're comfortable getting on stage, that's probably the most powerful thing mm-hmm. that you can do out of all of the options. But uh, I think it, the more you do, the better it is. And the more clear you are on your brand that you're putting out there, the better. Julie, how can people learn more about you and get in touch with you and uh, learn more about your business? Yeah, for sure. The best place to connect with me is at my website, which is havemoreinfluence.com. And, and again, I, I, I'm out here. So you guys come to me. So please do reach out. <laughs> I have to go all the way to Canada. Okay. <laughs> Telephone, email, you know, there's yeah, lots there of go. ways to connect these days that you don't have to come to Canada, especially in the winter. I know that's probably a scary thought for many of you, <laughs> but yeah, have more influence.com and you'll connect to all my social media uh, and YouTube videos and anything there. Uh, and of course you'll, you can sign up for my newsletter mm-hmm. and just hit reply. It's this magical button that connects you straight to me Ooh. is the reply button. And, and you can always ask me a question or, or uh, connect with me that way. Very cool. We're going to link all that information to the show notes at CherylTanMedia.com. Any last words of advice for, for business owners who are trying to, um, at the end of the day, they're trying to grow their businesses. And I know you talked about the, the clarity of brand and that's really, really important. And I loved what you've talked about finding your market and connecting with those people and really serving them. But maybe I've missed something. Any last words that you'd like to share with them? Um, I, I just think, I think again, it's, it's the piece of research. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are skipping that. And yeah. even if, even if somebody else is helping you get interviews, you still should show up prepared and research so that you know what your unique angle is so that you've got something new to offer them that they haven't heard before. So the more time you can put towards that, the better I think you'll be, whether you're doing the pitching or not. And, and I think that you'll be in a much stronger position because the cool thing is that you get invited back right? If you do good, if you do a good job, you get invited back and you don't have to keep paying the professionals. Once you're invited back, you can do this on your own. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's very empowering, actually. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your time. Before we go, I have one last question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. And it is, what makes you a standout? (laughs) 
well, I'm abroad. No. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm an action taker. I mean, that's one of the things that definitely makes me a standout is I take action. I, I Sometimes it takes me a little while to decide, but once I decide, I do it. And, you know, for, for better or worse, I make a lot of mistakes, but I learn from them and it makes all the difference in the long run. So even the, the mistakes, they always end up either being part of one of my best-selling books because <laughs> they make a good story or they ultimately teach me something that makes me better at what I do in the future. So that's what makes me a standout. That's fantastic. And you're abroad. Julie yes, abroad, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your time today and for being on the show. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Cheryl. It was fun. Want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes, as well as the perfect press release template? All of the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 36. Did you enjoy the show? Please share it with someone who may benefit from it. Really, the best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.